Welcome back and thanks for tuning in to Oil & Gas Onshore, where I am on a relentless pursuit to bring value, unity, and information to the energy industry one conversation at a time. So sit back, relax, and remember that even this very device you're listening on requires some form of hydrocarbon. This episode is brought to you by our new sponsor for the Oil & Gas Onshore podcast. A big shout out to Technip FMC, a company who truly represents the future of the oil and gas industry. Hey everyone, look, not only do you get awesome weekly content by listening, now you've got a chance to win some serious swag brought to you by Technip FMC. Each week, one lucky listener will win a bundle of gear, which includes everything I'm about to list. Seriously, everything. An audio duffel bag, a Yeti tumbler, an executive power bank power charger, a Columbia neck gator, and a set of Ace Pods 2.0, which are the true wireless Bluetooth earbuds. All you got to do is click the link in the show notes and enter your information to win. Simple. Now go get your swag on. Welcome to this week's episode. We're here at the Canon with Corey Massey, product line manager, drilling and completions at TechNip FMC, our new sponsor. Corey, how you doing today, buddy? Doing well. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. And I'm actually honored. And I got to tell everyone out there, this was going to be over Zoom. I had full intentions of doing it over the virtual world. But Corey decided to brave the elements and you actually came down for this to do in person. Yeah, absolutely. I like the face-to-face interactions. It's an absolute honor. And and I really hope you didn't waste your time to come sit with a silly Canadian behind a <laughs> microphone. Because, But again, I'm honored. And do you have any other business down here? You literally yeah. just did this for this? Yeah. So no, they're at a customer meeting last night. But, okay. Uh, it's so one of the not, first ones. It's not all about me then i was able to coordinate it uh, there was <laughs> nice. a you anchored it for me and Perfect. i was able to bring somebody uh, bring some other work in so well it's always nice when you can travel and that's one of the neatest things about oil and gas is you know you can travel and, and go for whether it's sales meetings or operations meetings and you can really tackle a bunch of different things in yeah, one trip so exactly. uh, i really like doing the in-person much better and, and mm-hmm. i mean recently obviously due to covid and all that stuff it's been hard but i've learned yeah. to master the whole zoom situation so you kind of break out of your shell. You got yeah. to kind of crawl back out and kind of get used to not looking at the screen all day. Right. No. And that's actually, it's funny. I just had a coffee meeting before this and we were talking about working from home and yeah. his name is Jay. And he said, Hey, you know, like, are you guys back at the office? And the company that I work for, we've been, this would have been my fourth week back at the office. And, you know, we were told to stay home the last couple of days due to some circumstances. But however, yeah, working from home for me was tough. I don't know. What about you? At first, yeah, just trying to get used to it. And the kids obviously at home had to homeschool at the same time. How old? And I got a, a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. So are they like daddy, daddy, come play or they don't want anything to do with you? No, they're definitely in the daddy, daddy mode, which is cool. It's fun. Right, I'm yeah. trying to enjoy it. But yeah, you know, keep telling yourself that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. And then... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, it's really hard to balance that work life, you know, it's easy to switch back and forth when you're driving to and from work. Yes. And now it's like, I feel like I'm always on one or the other and I got to be able to switch gears quickly. You know, I can 100% identify with you. And and when this gets released, it's going to be quite a bit after COVID. But this work from home life, I think, is going to ultimately be here to stay for a lot of people. But so not to beat this, you know, this topic, beat it down. But I was telling Jay this morning about how that drive time that I have from Katie into the energy corridor, that's like 45 minutes Mm -hmm. or so. I didn't realize how valuable that was for me to either decompress from work coming home to be dad Mm because I have two kids and then vice versa, getting up in the morning, going through that process of getting ready, kind of getting my mindset and then driving and whether it's making phone calls or just kind of like going through my head throughout the day. Whereas when I was at home, it was get up, 
sometimes brush my teeth, yeah, <laughs> go yeah. sit at my computer, yeah. and then you know it'd be like you know get there in front of you know six six thirty seven o'clock, and then before I know it, it's two three in the afternoon. Yeah, it and goes fast. I haven't eaten anything, and I look like a like a a bum <laughs> for a lack of better terms. My hair's not combed, yeah. and like yeah, I think. It was because I was home, I felt like I had to be in front of my computer. And then I'd be yeah. there and my wife would be like, you're working more now at home yep. than you were even before. And That's it's exactly like, what mine said. So again, and then switching from like, I had a hard time, you know, switching, like you said, from dad mode to mm-hmm. work mode. And when I'm, yeah. when I'm in the zone and, and I'm, I'm a terrible multitasker, my wife will be the first <laughs> one to tell you, I like to have a lot of things going on, but I can't really multitask. <laughs> so mm-hmm. To be working and then have my son want to throw a ball at my head and expect me to play when I'm trying to make, you know, decisions that ultimately affect our drilling operations. It's really challenging for me. So it definitely stretches a lot of different parts of your attention. You didn't know that (laughs) because you can ignore people at work a lot easier than your own kid. Your kid really finds that way to get in there. And he's like, no, dad, 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 dad. Right. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) yeah, no, I totally understand. But, you know, the experience at home being accessible to my kids and my family Hopefully this is just a blip on the radar and we don't get to have to experience this all again. But it, it, right. it, I look back and the time spent with them and the relationship that, you know, deepened even more than I was expecting with my yeah. son, who's one and a half, was was amazing. And my daughter, who's four. So there was certainly some some positive outcomes. Absolutely. I think your, your family starts to realize, well, not only your family realizing what you do, but you start to realize what they do day to day. So my wife's like, oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense. Like when you when I call you and you're always a little terse if you're at work. And I realize it's because you're probably in between phone calls or in between meetings or you got five people waiting to talk to you. Or Yeah. So your, your, your family really figures out like, oh, that's what your work life's like. And you get to figure out also like my wife had to work from home as well. Okay. And so you, you really start to to learn what it's all about. My kids think that working for me is the phone attached to my head now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. No, it, you're exactly right. And my wife didn't realize like we've been together shoot since I was 19 and she totally understands what I do. Like yeah. she can explain to people what I do, but she didn't realize how much I was on the phone. And <laughs> and she was like, no wonder you don't talk to me at night because you've been talking all day. Yeah. And you probably don't have any more things to say. Yeah, and you then, just want some silence. And that's part of that road time. Yeah. And I love, I love time. driving. I, I like driving. I don't like driving in Houston, but I like <laughs> it when I can drive and I can, you know, frame out the day and cool down for the day and and you know that i couldn't agree with you more and it's it's an interesting topic and then certainly it's been an interesting experience but you know before we get going i always want to highlight some neat technology that you guys are providing to the energy industry and so today i wanted to mention the speedlock xt system which is a fully digitalized hydraulic singular connector that remotely and safely connects and disconnects wireline pressure control equipment from the frack tree during frack operations this system eliminates manual red zone operations to improve safety, operational efficiency, and predictability on the frack pad. I mean, if that doesn't scream value to the customer, I don't know what does. So if you're interested in finding out more, please click the link in the show notes and you know, feel free to reach out to TechNip or Corey here today or anyone within the TechNip team and find out more. And actually something I wanted to, to read today too and Corey, you know, I, I read it to you earlier and you, you know, kind of, you had to chuckle because it's, it's quite common, but we got a review from whether it's a, a gentleman or a lady, A-G-I-F-G, I'm not sure who that is, but certainly appreciate the review. And they wrote, Justin's my favorite podcast host, period. Love the entire OGGN suite of shows, but this one is my must listen for sure. So, you know, appreciate that. That's extremely, I'm humbled to hear that. But more importantly, they continue to say, I have been in the industry for more than 15 years, but had no idea TechNip FMC did anything other than sub C. 
Once things pick back up, I'm reaching out to learn more about their work on land. Appreciate the education, Jay. That's huge. It's an honor to have, you know, help Technip FMC tell the story about what yeah. you guys are doing. And, you know, hopefully there's some value for, for both parties coming out of that. So yeah, I just thought that was really neat, man. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, we get that a lot. Our subsea portion of, of our business is so huge and there's a lot of people there on all sides. And we started in surface. That's where our roots are and developed really well in subsea. So, it, and that's part of that, that technology you're talking about is we actually, through all this recent downturn, you know, 19 was a, wasn't really a fantastic year, but then sure. 2020 ended up being worse, but we yeah. got to look back and, and look at our tech and say, look, we can do a lot of this stuff to, our goal is to really keep those people out of the red zone. So a lot of people don't realize that we do have such a large surface business as well. Yeah. But that's the best thing about having both sides is we can bring that tech, share that tech. Obviously, subsidies is a little bit more expensive, so we sure. have to typically strip that stuff down and make it usable. Right. And it's got to move fast. Surface moves fast. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, that's it's one thing I find that's neat with your company. And we'll get more into it a little bit later, but just the integrated solutions that you guys have. And you can leverage different resources and different technologies from different departments and business units and, and bring it all together, yeah. which it sounds like, you know, and I'm certainly no... Take Nip FMC Pro. I know you guys have about a thousand things you guys offer, but to me, what you guys are, the initiatives that you're putting out there are, are certainly the future for oil and gas. But first and foremost, so you came down from OKC, right? Yep. Are you originally from there? Yeah, I'm originally from Oklahoma City. Holy born and smokes. raised. Okay. And then, uh, that's been a city that's evolved quite a bit, even over the last, yeah. say, 10 years since I was there for the first time. Yeah, like 20 years ago, you would not want to go downtown. My, my mom worked downtown for many years, and it's just not a place you'd, you went as a family when the lights went down. I mean, it's just not a whole lot of activity. There's no reason to go downtown outside of eight to five. And that's changed dramatically over the past 20 something years. A lot of good projects. The city council has been really good about developing a lot of things. We got a river walk now, yeah. kind of mimicking what San Antonio's kind of doing. And yeah. So it's a, it's a much cooler place to be than, than I remember as a kid. Yeah. So whenever I go there, I stay at the uh, museum hotel. Oh yeah. And nice. that, that is the cool, like, I would never expect to go to Oklahoma City. Yeah, it's a nice place. So if anyone goes to Oklahoma City, Google the Museum Hotel. And, and you know, for what you get, the price is actually pretty good. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like staying at the Scar Scurvy or what's yeah, that the one? Scurvin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that thing, that, that place is, that's not really my style. I kind of like the the more, I don't know, hipster or whatever you want to call it. stuff. Yeah, which yeah. is such a cool spot. And then, you know, one thing, if you're going from Dallas to, to Oklahoma City, or even if you're in Oklahoma City, you know, you, you got to go. And, and maybe you've been. Have you been to the Joy Exotic Zoo? <laughs> no, uh, I get that question a lot oh, now. Oh, you're from though. Oklahoma. How have you not been? I can't tell you how many times I've driven by that place. <laughs> and I always say, like, you know, I should go to that place. And so it's only about 40 minutes from my house. I live on oh, the south side. Man, I cannot believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I that, get that a lot. That now, put Oklahoma on the map, man. I know. I kind of wish I would have done it before. So now it's <laughs> yeah. not. Now it's like cool to go. And now yeah. that's been all over Netflix. Did, did you watch the Netflix? Yeah. yeah. So I, I watched a little bit of the first episode. My wife has been watching it. She's like, "You got to watch this." And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know if I can watch that." <laughs> that is, it's so crazy. Well, yeah. For everyone out there, I'm sure a lot of people have watched it. But apparently, Carol Baskin. I think so. They're, they're like arch enemies. Yeah. Joey Exotic and this lady. <laughs> Apparently, she somehow got control of the zoo recently. That's what I understand, yeah. I haven't done a whole lot of research on it, but oh, it seems like it's... Uh, so interesting, man. Oh, there's a lot of, uh, what do you call it, drama yeah, associated yeah. with it. <laughs> I can't believe it, man. I, anyone, every time I talk to our folks, because we have an office in Edmond, and okay, I'll nice. talk to some Oklahoma folks, and anyway, I deal with a lot of them, and... I always bring it up and I'm like, hey, yeah. have you talked to your buddy Joey Gark lately? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
Oh, geez. Anyway, so you went to OU, right? Yep, went to OU. So uh, why o, why OU versus OSU? Yeah, it's a good question. They they both have really good engineering schools. Um, early on, my parents really instilled into me to go to college. Okay. Well, I guess I had two options. They said, go to college, stay home, or, you know, go get a job and leave. And I really needed to figure out what I wanted to do, and engineering kind of fit what I did. And I really weighed the options between both schools on on engineering. And they're both very good engineering schools. There was a lot more options with OU. And I really didn't know if I wanted to do civil, mechanical, petroleum. I I thought heavily about petroleum, which is one of the reasons I wanted to go to OU. But there's a lot of other options to think of, too. I actually ended up not doing petroleum because I was like, I don't want to get stuck in an industry. And 15 years later, I'm... (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm in this. I'm in this industry pretty deep. So, yeah. <laughs> so I went you did mechanical. mechanical, right? Yeah, yeah, I went mechanical. There you go. So, as a kid growing up, you were big into math and science, or what? So, math and science, math always was, came real natural to me. Reading, not so much. Of in English, I had to work really hard at that stuff. But math always hit me real naturally for whatever reason. And I always was tearing stuff apart. Working my my dad and my uncle or working their vehicles my uncle's mechanic and we always worked on our vehicles and so it was just a natural fit i kind of understood how things went together mechanically it was something that was intuitive to me very unlike grammar and english and my wife's probably gonna laugh at that part she understands it well she's been trying to educate me on that for a lot of years yeah i'm still learning how to talk and write too so it's Uh, all good man yeah she she vets everything (laughs) if i have to send an important email or a letter out she vets it for me so if if i sound like i can articulate words very well or speak very well it's her fault completely yeah no kidding well that's funny i actually my wife she's she's an excellent reader and and like comprehension and stuff and she writes very well as well much smarter than myself so my kids if they're smart it's definitely because of her but I say that to say, of course, I don't get the opportunity for her to look at emails and stuff that I write. But if there's certain, you know, recently I've applied to school and things like that to further education. And so I I allowed her to review a lot of the documents that I had to include in the application. And and so, you know, I'm going to certainly credit her if I get accepted, which... It sounds like I did, but however, uh, she, Congrats, yeah, huh? no, that's, it's a, I'm scared Where to death. At? University of Colorado. I'm nice. doing the global yeah. energy management master's program. Oh, like the energy MBA. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yep. So I'm pretty excited about that, but she certainly helped me with the application and, and I could have done it myself, but it's just a lot of like how things flowed and, oh yeah, you, need you know, a, it's always good to have someone review certain things and there's things you need that they a backup because you can get kind of tunnel vision sometimes. Yeah. And you know, again, it was, I certainly did, <laughs> did the work and, but just having someone who has that unique skill set that can mm-hmm. really look at writing and say, oh, you know, you maybe want to shift this yeah. or do that. And so I can certainly identify with you there. So, so back to college, I mean, are you a football fan? I'm assuming so. Yeah, big okay. football fan. Okay. So what do you think about former Oklahoma coach Bob Stoops on the ballot for College Football Hall of Fame? Yeah, of course I'm going to vote for that one if I ever get it. <laughs> if they ever call me and ask, I'm definitely going to say yay to that one. Well, maybe Technip FMC can put in a good word. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they, they must have some pull somewhere. Yeah, there's not many Sooners in inside the company that I'm, that I'm aware of. There's really? a lot of other affiliations for sure. Such uh, as? We used to pull a lot of, um, there's a lot of people from Penn, uh, Georgia Tech, a lot of A&M grads, obviously, because that's right down the road and we had a design center there. Yeah. And uh, so a lot of University of Houston, obviously. So I just, I've ran into a few Sooners, but not many. So Okay. Makes but sense. But I'll see if I can make them <laughs> put a vote in for us. There you go, man. That's awesome. So there was, and I was reading on this, did they land that five-star quarterback, Caleb Williams? Is that? I'm not sure yet. I haven't okay. heard yet, though. Because that'd be pretty huge, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. Him and Rattler. And we'd like... It's QBU for a reason, right? So Riley's yeah. always had a couple of people lined up and make some pretty good competition from, you know, like, why get another quarterback? You got this other guy. And yeah. like, well, it makes some pretty good 
pretty good competition, you know, yeah. on the practice fields. Heck yeah, man. I'm looking forward to that. And then didn't you guys land a wide receiver, Mario Williams? Wasn't he yeah. pretty big? Yeah, there was it? a few of them that we were able to get for the top five. And not only that, but the linebackers too. We got a few linebackers. Can't think of the name right now, but. So you guys are pretty stacked up, man. Yeah, the recruiting seems to be doing good. And that's one thing I was concerned about with Stoops leaving. Mm. And it was a, it was a surprise to everyone. We've got a few relatives that work at, at OU. And even then, it was, it was still a big surprise, Stoops stepping down. and Yeah. But it seemed like everything fit right. I mean, everything seemed to work really well with that transition of head coaches. Yeah. So, and I haven't really followed up too much about the schedule this year but do you know what's going on with scheduling i don't know to be honest i I leverage my brother-in-law a lot for this because he is i swear if he can get a degree in following collegiate football he would probably have one (laughs) yeah like he should have an honorary one probably no Uh, kidding but (laughs) he's your go-to huh yeah and we go to all the football games together so cool i think it's still on schedule he hasn't warned me of otherwise and i know Mm. one of them's on his birthday oh wow i think i still get to go to that one i'm not 100 percent, but (laughs) Uh, hopefully you know you got to keep it in the family hopefully he's looking out for his bro-in-law yeah exactly yeah good deal so, you know, you, you go to OU, you get your mechanical engineering. Did you know coming out of college you were wanting to get into oil and gas? Or how did the transition go from getting into no. oil and gas? You know, I tried a bunch of different applications. I tried to go into the defense industry, you know, like aeronautical engineering was always real interesting to me. But I, oh, again, wow. I didn't want to hone my, my focus in too much. And there's a lot of defense contracts inside of Oklahoma City. There's a big Air Force base. And then other things like going to work for somebody that had a contract with NASA was fascinated me as a kid yeah kind of nerded out on on that kind of stuff heck yeah but you know just it was a couple of the options i had a handful of offers for luckily and two of them were oil and gas bg services the old bg services yeah and fmc technologies gotcha didn't know anything about oil and gas didn't know anything about any of the companies so i started doing some research before i applied obviously and i was like yeah i'll try houston out for a while there you go and that's where it happened. I mean, from that point on, I've been with FMC since the beginning. Yeah. Or no, since the beginning of me. Good for you. Well, and, and I want to talk about that, but I want to back up a little bit. So you you said you're interested in space stuff? Yeah. 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 So what, I mean, are you a, a SpaceX guy? So or? I do try to follow those guys. They, and, so they recently launched, right? Yeah. And like, Starlinks, right? And then they launched yeah. the astronauts to, yeah. to the moon. Again. That's huge. <laughs> and I saw something on Instagram and don't worry, listeners, we'll get back to, to oil and gas, <laughs> but this is, this is something that really is interesting to me too. Yeah. So Elon Musk, was it was like an interview, and I forget who it was that was interviewing him. It's someone who's who's very well known, and I'm terrible with names. But supposedly a lot of the certain certain astronauts were, were really dogging on Elon Musk yeah. for what he was doing. And he got emotional. And he was like, these guys inspired me to do what I'm doing. And when we're I, trying to... I think I've seen that same interview. He got real emotional about it. Yeah. He's like, these are my heroes of yeah. the past. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people... I mean, Certainly, there's a lot of people who like and dislike him for whatever reasons. But yeah. I feel like for what he's done, I, I respect him. And I think he's doing a lot of neat stuff. I yeah. mean, and, and but to, to see that was like, you know, that that's kind of too bad. Like I kind of felt for the guy. Yeah, because you're it's your childhood hero, and you're thinking, I'm going to go into that industry. I'm going to completely change it. I mean, he got obviously came in, you know, sold that business, came into some money, and dramatically changed several industries. Yeah, with revolutionary technology. Things that nobody's ever done before for whatever reason. And yeah. then you think your heroes are going to be backing you 100%. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, shit, maybe I didn't, maybe I wasn't aligned. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that, that, you know, I just, I find that very interesting. And, and I hope to hear more about that. And maybe there'll be some more, you know, stuff that come out. Maybe the people that were talking about him, maybe will come out and maybe give some more context yeah, as to why. So, I'm sure right? Joe Rogan will probably have them all on. Yeah, and yeah, talk there you about go. Get it, them you know? all together. Yeah, but no, it's, it's, it's really neat, man. Actually, the first dream that I ever remember as a child 
was going into outer space. I remember, oh, like, cool. I can vividly remember the first dream. I was, I was in this rocket ship, and I was like, I had these controls, and I was looking out into the stars. And, yeah. and ever since then, like, <laughs> I want to go into outer space. And so, uh, if he or whoever comes, you know, to the table where we he, they can make it, you know, financially able for a consumer to be able to yeah. do that, then I certainly put my name in the hat. I think oh, that'd be crazy, right? Yeah, as long as you don't have to be a billionaire to do it. Right. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Like in our lifetime, I don't know. Like, but. 20 50 100 grand i mean i don't know we'll see but yeah <laughs> i would definitely try to do it if i absolutely could. it'd be pretty neat but anyway so you get out of college you get hooked up with technip fmc or was it technip at the time no it was fmc you technologies FMC. yeah fmc is not okay yeah so i would say you were what they call a lifer yeah never <laughs> intended for that actually i've I always thought i would do houston for a couple of years and go try something else and i've always been one to travel and, and enjoy going around meeting people and then I had a really good series of bosses early on, a few guys that I ended up working for real early. And it was really, it was a really busy time for Subsea. I moved into Subsea first and those guys had a lot on their plate and uh, they had a group of people they managed very well. And I really enjoyed being there and mm-hmm. I was able to move. I didn't get stuck in any one position for too long. Cool. Every, every two years or so, I guess I ended up in a new position. So it's really those guys early on that kind of kept me there. Okay. And I enjoyed working. I joined the work. The work was great. Subsea technology is a lot more advanced than surface. Well, not anymore. We're, we're fixing that. But yeah. the, that subsea stuff is so remote, so 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 deep. I really got into the hard and software associated with it. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, good for you. So so do a lot of people within the organization, is there a pretty good retention, I guess, was my question? Because that that's very yeah. unusual, especially nowadays. I mean, people tend to bounce around. And I don't know if it's a function of FMC techno or Technip FMC being so big where you can move business yeah. units and it feels like you're maybe at a different company. Or, you can, yeah. So, I mean, can you tell a little, because that speaks volumes for the company itself or someone who's been there for that long, especially, yeah. you know, you're probably similar age as myself. Can you speak a little bit about the culture and, and maybe how that really has attracted you to keep, you yeah. know, keep on where you're doing? Absolutely. Retention's always been important. FMC technology has, has a long history of, innovating new products to make things easier and cheaper and faster. And so they've always had a strong engineering background and technique as well, huge background in projects and engineering management and other things. So more of the project level engineering is coming from technique and the product stuff is kind of coming from the FMC side. Yeah. So there's always this long history of people that get to know each other in that organization. A lot of engineering fellows that are, that are sitting on API boards, they have a lot of contact with a lot of the engineers. And so me being a young engineer, I could go talk to those. Those doors were always open. Cool. So you could always ask questions, find out what the history was, like why was API written this way? Why, you know, and they'd walk you through it. They'd love talking to you about it. So that really developed inside of me. I felt comfortable being able to explore the design and ask a ton of questions. And, and they could, it's almost like talking to your grandpa or your dad and they're giving you the history of, you know, whenever they lived here, they did this, you know, and you kind wow. of feel that history. So it, it, for me, that was always great. Those doors being open. Big and, time. And, and that kind of, and then that series of bosses that kind of allowed me to move and develop into new things. I just told them, you know, hey, I'd really like to try something like this. Eventually going offshore, I didn't want to just be the guy that sat behind a desk, made, you know, made pretty little drawings. Yeah. And they said, yeah, okay, we'll figure out how to get you offshore. And I got to go do some of that too. So there's never really any closed, closed doors that we always tried to, and I've tried to instill the same thing of anybody who's ever reported to me, you know, let's yeah. talk about your career. 
Like today's not as important as tomorrow. Let's focus on what you can do for, for the business and for yourself for tomorrow. I love that, man. That, yeah. that, again, that speaks volumes. And, and so I've interviewed, I interviewed John Eden and, oh, there's another gentleman now. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I just had From him Houston? on. Yeah. Bear with me. I want, yeah, I want to, no I want to give him a shout out because we had just a fantastic interview. Mike Dowdy. Oh, yeah, Doughty, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know Doughty. Yeah, so, but but again, and then and, and all the folks within the marketing organization, Tony Mansur, everyone that I've met within the company has, has been such like high-performing quality people, I feel like. So, yeah, I mean, you guys do a, certainly a fantastic job of either hiring or training or, or just attracting yeah. talent. And so, which I can appreciate, especially yeah, as a big company. Try, yeah, definitely yeah. And, and we really try to push each other internally and, and you know how that is it always leads to a little bit of you know the little tension too but i feel yeah. like uh, there's always been a really good relationship where you can work that you have discussions and disagreements at work and you can go have a beer later and yeah and it all kind of washes away and there's always been a really good atmosphere for that does, does that start at the top you think absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, there, i've I've always felt really good about, not that I, especially early on, didn't have really any perception of what the executive teams do yeah. at any real corporation. You know, I didn't really do anything with stocks or anything like that. It was this thing, this ethereal thing that kind of didn't pique my interest yet, you know, but mm -hmm. I've, I felt like that always, that kind of culture always starts at the top and it's got to work its way down. Absolutely. Otherwise you, you don't get that buy-in, you know, they can, they, you can do it from, from the bottom, but it, you don't get that full vertical slice buy-in. Yep. No, I think a strong leadership team that, that really embraces that. And, and, and like you said, you know, always looking for tomorrow and how to better the people around you. Mm -hmm. I think if the people at the top are doing that, then it's just going to trickle down into everyone else. So but again, certainly something to be proud of. Let's talk a little bit about the technology side of things. So I'm sure since you started, you've probably seen some major advancements in technology. Mm -hmm. What's impressed you the most up until this point, going through the evolution of, of certain things? The ability to think outside the box, not necessarily for myself, but everyone. It seems like every time I've ever been with a project manager or an engineer or somebody talking to a customer, a customer says, I'd Hey, what about this? The answer is always, yeah, let's think about it. I can't say I can do it right now, but I can tell you that we can figure out a way. And that's, to me, that's the, the biggest part about innovating is you got to be able to not accept the status quo and, and, and say, you know what, there's a better, faster, safer way for us to do all of this. And every time a customer try to come, we either think of it internally and we're able to come up with some cool ideas or a customer comes and says, hey, this is a real big pain for me in my operations. I need somebody to figure out you know, how to fix it. Yeah. And, and to me, you've got to have that open mindset that says, uh, that's not a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge and it's a hurdle, but it's not, I'm looking on the other side of that hurdle. I need to get over it because that's, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. No, big time. So what would you say, and you mentioned it before we started talking, but what are some unique product offerings that, that you're a part of that really excite you to, to kind of yeah. see that, you know, because we're going through this transition of, you know, digitalizing automation. Can you touch a little bit about that? Yeah. So I came from Subsea. I spent uh, about 10 years there and I was always impressed with the level of technology and the level of computer operated equipment, digitization that was already yeah. there. Yeah. It, you have to have it because you can't get that low in the water. Yeah. When I came over to surface, I found it was way faster 
a way faster pace. Yeah. And I appreciate that faster pace. It's a lot more fun to me. I can, yeah. there's always something new. I'm a little bit hectic in, in my attention span. Sure. My wife will have a different name for it for sure. But, um, <laughs> I was surprised we didn't have that in the surface side. It was still, and it was, there's the hustle and bustle going on in 2014 of, of the surface. And so mm-hmm. not a whole lot of time to sit and think, but what I like about what's going on right now is that a lot of that stuff's coming over and it's really pulling the people out of that red zone and it's taking advantage of the hardware with the software to make everything move a little faster, move a little bit. You keep stay on schedule and, and keeping those people out of those hazardous areas because you can't get rid of all the hazards. You can mitigate a lot of them. You can engineer some stuff out. You can write procedures to, but we all know how that you know, everybody's got a family. Everybody's got something going on. You don't know what it is. Today might not be their day. They're not focused or whatever. Mm-hmm. We all run into it and I do the same thing. But if we can pull those people out of that red zone and control it from a laptop, then if something happens, all you got to do is handle the hardware. Yeah. You got to handle the physical thing that just happened. You got to make everything safe again. You don't want to worry about damaging someone's life or their family or big or, time. So that's, I've got to be a part of that in the surface side and see that transformation from nearly all manual stuff to, to, to really automating and digitizing it. And that's been fun. It's yeah, been a lot of fun. I bet. So what's been for you guys, the biggest challenge, or maybe even for you personally, you know, we go through the, the downturn a few years ago, then we slowly dig our way out of the <laughs> mud and then boom, we get hit again. I mean, did, did that inhibit your guys's, you know, ability to, to innovate and continue to just to, you know, spend money on resources to continue to evolve? Because I think you know, from what I've seen, you guys have done so, but is it like, what's, where, where do you yeah. see the biggest limiter has been? It's, uh, I mean, there's obviously, as a big corporation, there's fiscal responsibilities that we have to, to manage our monies and our funds well. Yeah. And you have to always naturally balance that between continuing to innovate, continuing to service the customer and, and not just overspending, you know, you got to be diligent and there's the discipline that you've got to have to ensure that you're it's not, it's not your money. It's uh, the corporation's money. It's stockholders' money. And mm. we have to be cognizant of that. But the hardest thing has really been trying to do, when we set out for Frack Now and, and developing those products, we had a pretty good tight schedule. And the gentleman running it at the time, James Cook, he had a pretty good vision of what that thing should look like. Some crazy ideas come out of that guy's head. But doing, keeping that schedule, maintaining it, putting the, the, the pedal to the metal, as it were, with less people was, was difficult. I bet. Everybody's stressed out. You've got the stuff going on outside, COVID, the work, and, and, and now you're asking them to do more. So you've got some high-performing individuals that are probably stressed out already. And you're yeah. like, look, we've, we've all got to do more now because there's less of us, but we still got to maintain the CapEx you do spend has to have some kind of return, you know, and that's got to start when things go down, you almost got to start that earlier. You got to get that return starting earlier. Yeah. And that's one of the harder parts because you're, when you're running an operation, you've already got the investments made and then the operations are flowing, you know, cash flow is important. But when you're, when you're developing new products, it's like, like that down payment, you got to, you're, you're spending a lot of money early and the investments promised later. Yeah. So it's a little different. Right. No, I could see that. So in more specific with certain product lines that that you're currently a part of, what product line excites you the most right now? Like, where are you mm-hmm. seeing like, wow, like I, I really didn't think this was going to be possible. Is there anything specific? Yeah. Can- so our CyberFrac and the SpeedLock XT you spoke to earlier is a part of the CyberFrac. And that's our, 
our, our digitization of what's going on. And that stuff's awesome. Okay. I don't pretend to be a computer nerd. I would really <laughs> love to understand what's happening in that thing over there. Yeah. But I don't get it. I know when I push buttons, some things happen, and I'm glad it does. When it doesn't, it frustrates me. <laughs> and so we got some really good... There's a, there's a guy over the that digital aspect, our Yuko software... And, and he's in charge of that, and, and he knows it very well. His name's Andrew Capello. And he, yeah, I interviewed him. Did you? Yeah, Good. he is. Yeah. Uh, he's something else, man. He switched on. Yeah, he's a, he's he, he's a cool guy, and, and he's he can super boil intelligent. It down to what I can understand, and he and he understands that he has to kind of simplify it, and, and he can do that real. You know, he can flip a switch on, and you can talk. If a, if a computer scientist walked up, he could turn it right back to that. And yeah. No, make, for the listeners, I had him on. It's been a while, so you have to scroll back. But uh, if that stuff interests you, you'll have to check out the episode. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's great. I wasn't aware you actually interviewed him. Now I'm going to go listen to his on the way home. Yeah. But I'm really excited about that. I really never thought of being in the field, being on location. There's a lot of people who just love turning that valve 43 times, 42 times and counting it for some reason. And so there's always that hurdle. But I think this downturn is it's given us that opportunity to to really show those those improvements in efficiency that you kind of get from that stuff. So yeah, that was one of the biggest hurdles I think for us or that I felt like was going to be is, is the adoption of, of some kind of digital control. There's some people that feel like you're losing control mm-hmm. and we're trying to show them like, no, we're giving you more control. You can still see it. You, you still go out and touch it, I guess, if you wanted to, but yeah, no, that's the best man. I mean that, that, and actually, that kind of ties into my next question is, is what do you, like, what does the future look like at TechNip FMC with regards to drilling and completions? Because that's what you're a part of, man. Is there, you know, in your crystal ball, is there something yeah. that you see, you know, kind of? A- yeah, if I had it my way, and, and I'm sure Eden would say the same thing, I don't want, I want a technician to be able to come from subsea and go straight to a surface location and not notice a difference. Ah. And be like, okay, yep, I recognize software. Okay, I know what a valve looks like. And then, oh, that's the hardware, cool. And be able to run both. If a technician can do that, then I think we've accomplished our, our, our job. Because then it's it's very similar processes, very similar equipment. And there's obviously some natural differences between the two. But my vision long term is he's able to do that. And then we can automate as much as possible. If you go to a drilling rig, yep. there's a lot of automation there. Mm-hmm. That compared to what it was decades ago, completely different. Frack is it's, it's new. Mm-hmm. You need to get to the point where it's almost like a drilling rig. A guy's sitting behind a, a screen, a bunch of controls, and be able to you know, tell the iron roughneck to go to town or yeah. tell the valve to shut or maybe it learns all of it on its own. Yeah. And you say, uh, frack well A now, please, Siri. And then... Wouldn't that be nuts? Yeah. Yeah. There's some folks that I interviewed, a gentleman from Nesh, and it's almost like Siri for oil and gas. And it doesn't necessarily do that, but I think an operator, you could say, hey, you know, what's my current production, Nesh? And then it'll pull up and it'll talk to you. Oh, nice. and and yeah, or it's like, yeah, Siri, or what's the Amazon one? Oh, yeah, Alexa. Alexa, yeah. They referred it more to like the Alexa uh, where you have this thing and, and it literally talks huh. data back to you and, and it'll trend analyses for you. And just that stuff is just phenomenal to me that what we're doing in oil and gas. And then obviously you guys are on the front line of a lot of that. But what you're, you know, for you and to what you were saying, what the future could possibly look like, I think that's realistic. Like, I don't think there's, yeah. I don't think that's a far stretch. No, two years ago, I would have said, nah, never. We've got another decade or something. But, you know, the innovations we've been able to push is, is pulled that into light. We've got a system that's going to be semi-autonomous right now to be fully autonomous. Cool. And we've been able to really push the boundary. And there's a couple of really good companies out there really trying to make that happen. And I think they're all had a tough time before this downturn, really getting anybody to to want to start that transition. They always had another problem or bigger things to worry about. But 
this has kind of reframed everybody for us. And yeah. a lot, I think a lot of those companies are seeing a lot more adaptation now for that. So I think it's a lot sooner, like you said. Very cool. So what do you like most about your job currently, Corey? I've never really been a great engineer. You lock me in a room with a blank piece of paper and I'm, I have a bunch of doodles and, and I'm not going to have any new products to design. I'm not that kind of engineer, kind of a reverse engineer kind of guy. I'm more of a systems level kind of thing. And that's kind of what I feel like my position is now is I can talk to the individuals who are really good at the product stuff, the individual bricks, and they can make those bricks do exactly what we want them to do. And I can bring them all together on a system level. And my operational background, I can kind of make sure that that system is going to work for the guy that's going to be doing it on location. Yeah. I've got a lot of respect for the individuals on, on the bases. They deal with things that headquarters does not understand unless the, that individual is out on the base. There's a lot of hurdles between personnel, logistics, environmental things that might be happening. Like Alaska's extremely cold. I have no idea how cold it is, but I've got <laughs> a buddy up there that works and, and he tries to describe it to me and I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But those things, like there's all these challenges that they have out at the bases that are completely different base to base and it has nothing to do with the products. It has nothing to do with what corporate's asking them to do. It has to do with the people and the place you have to work. Mm-hmm. So I try to make sure that these things work as a system and, and these guys can effectively put it to work with as little frustration as possible because yeah. they've got so many other things going on. You never can give them enough drawings or enough bills of materials or enough instructions or enough procedures they're always going to soak up more and ask for more and, and you almost got to be annoying with it until they say okay i got it i got it and yeah then like, all right cool i just want to hmm. make sure so that's kind of what i've enjoyed about the product line role that i'm in for drilling completions is i can i'm looking at that unconventional atmosphere on a system level and that's much more my focal level i can focus my attention at that level very cool uh, as opposed to diving real deep down into that product yeah i was never really good at that. I think some of the best engineers could do that. They can really focus on that singular design and make it perfect. Yeah. And you know, again, like that speaks on FMC or technical FMC's behalf is to like making sure that they as a, as an engineer company recognize your strengths and, and eventually got you into the role that, that mm-hmm. you can maximize yeah, your value absolutely. from. Right. So that sounds great, man. I mean, yeah, that's neat. And and no wonder you've you've stuck it out for this long, man. You seem quite pleased. So yeah. I want to respect your time. We're we're coming up close to we're at 40 minutes, but I always like to close out with a few personal questions. It's always, you know, generates some, you know, sometimes interesting conversation. But yeah, do you have any daily habits or routines? Are you like a, yeah. a sort of a routine type of guy or what does that look like yes for and you? No. My wife will tell you my only routine is chaos, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. I like things to be a little bit chaotic, it's a little interesting that way, but yeah, I like to get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee's first thing I do. Okay, ever. there it is. Uh, yeah, the so old coffee. I like it. Me too. Yeah. I'm the exact same way. I gotta have it. I didn't drink it at all until I got to work. Actually, yeah, never in college. Never. My wife's a big coffee holic too. That's probably our jug of choice. Our only vice. That's good. But I'll have a cup of coffee. I usually get up before everyone, and I'll walk around, rock, you know, walk around outside and. Or read. I try to do one of those. I'm trying to read more now. Okay, so that's kind of a new habit. Ah, so wake up, coffee, read. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm not a good reader. It takes me a lot. My daughter's like, hey, you need to read this book next. And I'm like, baby, this is going to take me a long time. Yeah. She's like, that's not <laughs> Hold very, on. Yeah. It's not a very big, big, it's not a very big book. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But yeah. you read faster than I do already. So that's funny. What kind of reading do you like? I'm a big sci fi nerd. Okay. I like really anything, but I'm reading Master and Commander right now. Cool. Which is a naval book. My wife's uncle suggested it. And, but I'm, I'm huge into sci fi. Okay. Have yeah. you always been? Yeah. Always kind of geared towards that. We always watched uh, Star Trek and yeah. other things as a kid. Did you watch the old Disney movie Star of the Navigator? Oh yeah, I did watch oh. that. I haven't seen it in decades. Such obviously. a classic. Yeah, I, I love that movie. 
We've been trying to watch some of these older films. We're, one habit we always do is the family, we have a popcorn movie night every Friday night. Cool. And we're trying, my wife and I are trying to get them into some of these older movies, you know? The so, ones that we love that they yeah. probably look and be like, this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Although my daughter said she absolutely, she looked at somebody who watched, watched Tombstone the other day. Okay, yeah. And somebody asked her, she, said, she dropped everything and she's usually a little bit more animated. She goes, it was fantastic. No way. Yeah. yeah. How old is she again? She's nine. Coming okay. Home 10 this <laughs> that's year. priceless, man. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, being that you're a sci-fi guy, are you pretty adventurous or what? Yeah, I'll typically try anything. My, my motto is I'll do anything once. Okay, <laughs> I, like I, I like that. We're you know, If we weren't behind the mics, I'd probably bug you about that, but <laughs> we'll keep it professional. There we go. Yeah. Right? But so, okay, with that being said, when's the last time you've tried something for the very first time? Oh, uh, well, this. I've never done a podcast. No, oh, that was <laughs> easy. So what, so anything <laughs> yeah, else? Yeah, anything like else that, you've done? That I've never, it's been a while since I've thought about this. If but, not... That's fine. My son's always trying to get me to try new things, and so he's always got Kids some, will do that. Yeah, he's got some new game he wants me to play, or yeah, he really likes my, to have my attention right now, which is awesome. I'm, I'm trying to soak it up as much as possible. Yeah. I guess I did skydive once. Okay. I'd probably do that again. Wow. Um, How was that? I'm not scared of heights. I am. I found out I'm terrified of jumping from heights. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that is I was unreal. I was sitting on the edge of the plane and went up and I was like, cool. When I sit here, my feet were hanging out. I was like, yeah, no problem. And the plane went up. I was having a blast. And this is a while back though. And it's like, okay, you go first. Like, sweet. I wanted to go first. Go under the wing. Okay, now let go. And I, all of a sudden my brain was like, no, we're not doing this. And no I was kidding. Yeah, I was like, death grip. No way. They had a camera. My buddies, I never saw the, the VHS. That's how long ago. It was. Oh, okay. They said that camera was watching me. They said, it looked like I tried to swim back up to the wing. <laughs> and I was like, I was trying to. Wow. What was like jumping out of a plane? My brother-in-law has done it and uh, he loved, it. I think he's done it a few times now, but yeah. Like, do you remember or did you kind of like blank out? No, like, I remember the whole thing. It was awesome. It just, as soon as I got over that initial panic and I was able to look around for a minute, I was, it was loud. But it was kind of cool just being out and just like falling for a minute. Like, wow, I couldn't imagine. That, like, I, would, I would do that for sure. Yeah, that's definitely not. I mean, I'd do it again someday. But it's one of those things I definitely had to say I did once at least. Yeah, no, good for you, man. With that being said, I just want to take a few moments before we close out here to tell everyone about some upcoming OGGN events. Hey, everybody. Alex here with the events on deck. So due to current circumstances, of course, we are not able to have any in-person events. So I have nothing of that nature to update you guys on. But we have been hosting some virtual events. So OGGN is wanting to offer free webinars, live happy hours, etc. during this time. Since these events are not scheduled out as far in advance as in-person events, we would like to keep you guys updated via Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So be sure to keep checking up on that and we'll keep you guys posted on anything we're offering. It has been free. We want to offer you guys value during this time that we're all at home. So please continue checking in and joining us for these virtual events. We are looking forward to seeing you guys whenever we're able to have in-person events and hope you're staying safe and sound. Great. Thank you. And anyone out there in the Houston area interested in playing oil field hockey, come join the Hack and Whack crew for some old timer hockey. We do it every two weeks at Memorial City Mall Ice Rink. Hit me up on LinkedIn for more details. And if you're looking to get into shape over the summer, visit KTX Fit in Katy, Texas and get a free trial by telling one of the coaches that I sent you. Corey, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, I really appreciate here. the conversation. Yeah, and and again, thanks for coming down. And hopefully last night was a success. You said you had a business meeting there. So 
You heading back today or when? I don't know. Not yet. I might come back to might head back today or tomorrow. Got to figure out what the rest of the afternoon looks there like. There you go. Sounds like you got some options, which yep. is always good. Well, again, appreciate you joining me today. What's the best way for people to reach out to you or to get to know more about what we spoke yeah. about today? Yeah. So on, on LinkedIn, we're doing posts every week, kind of a social blast. So any of those videos that you see there have a link there. There's an email address or you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, perfect. Well, I'll make sure and put the link in the show notes. That way people can just scroll down and click away. And for all the listeners out there, I know I've got more than I think 80 listeners and I only have about 79 reviews. So if you're listening right now and you haven't left a review, <laughs> please, if you're driving, I understand you want to do it then. But, you know, it always helps support the show. So if you could leave a review, good or bad, and, and if you completely think it's just terrible, then send me a note on LinkedIn and then maybe I'll change my ways. But there you go. I've had some good, you know, positive reviews lately. And so that one that I read, you know, today was, was inspiring. So please, if you could leave a review, I'd certainly appreciate it. And with that being said, always remember when the density is up and the gas is down, open the choke. Let's go to town. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Oil & Gas Onshore, a production of Oil & Gas Global Network. For more information, visit OGGN.com.